Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. It's season two, episode eight, and today we are talking about how to focus five myths debunked. On the podcast, we often talk about our work with focus, but we realize we've never really talked directly about what focus is in our life as missionaries. If you've ever been curious about focus, or even if you know about it but want to know more, this episode is for you. We are going to be dispelling five focus myths around topics such as fundraising a salary, being missionaries as a family, and going on a dating fast. And we have a Catholic hack for you on what to do with holy medals. Stay right here. Lisa here. Glad to be with you and glad to start this podcast because Kevin kept singing jock jams before we started and it was just time to start the podcast. It was time to pump out the jams, Lisa. <laughs> pump them up. Here we are. We're back. We're back. The the uh, Welcome Back Cotter song goes through my head. Yes, but nobody knows what we're back from. No. T- <laughs> tell them, Lisa. Where have we returned from? We have just returned <laughs> from two weeks at Ave Maria, Florida, for Focus's new staff training, or as we call it, NST. That's right. Because we're all about the acronyms mm-hmm. in Focus. Yeah, it's actually five weeks. Well, six if you count zero week for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, this year, went for two weeks as a family. Yep. And got to hang out with our Focus family at large, which was fantastic, which inspired our post, not our post, our podcast for today. Yeah. There we go. Our pack of it today, we realized, you know, we haven't really um, told you all much about focus intentionally. Mm-hmm. We talk about focus a lot because we're in focus, but we haven't really, um, you know, kind of explained, explained it, what it is. Yeah. That's right. So we wanted to do a little how to focus mm-hmm. today to share with you a little bit more about focus, Not not necessarily like... I don't know, not like the practicals of focus, but a little bit more about focus and why we're in focus. Yeah. Yeah. That seems great. How long have we been in focus, Kevin? Well, Lisa, we just completed our 10th year. Our What, I- what is 10 years? Is that like a certain, you know, is it like... A decade? S- yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> is it silver? Oh, like what kind of... An- I have no idea. Like a, it's not gold. It's not platinum. No, silver's 25. I don't think, I think. 10's anything. Anyways, we've Wood. spent 10 wonderful years in FOCUS, which stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Yes. And uh, yeah, we're moving on to our 11th. We spent two years as on-campus missionaries, and then we spent the last eight years at our headquarters here in Denver, Colorado. But then even previous to that, we were students in FOCUS. That's a great point. Yeah. So really, I feel like I've been in FOCUS at some capacity for like... 16 years. 16? Is that really? For yeah, yeah. That's like more than half my life or half my life. A little less Ish. than half. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy either way. So needless to say, focus has been a big part of our life. And I'm kind of distracted because we can see downtown. Well, not downtown. We can see the city from here and somebody's shooting off fireworks. <laughs> oh, that that's nice. It's really fun. So I'm watching a little fireworks show here. There it goes. Um, it's right before... Uh, Fourth of July here, obviously. I'm sorry, that was a total tangent, but I just sounds like something I would do. 
I love 4th of July. You do. It is great. I do. It's a beautiful thing. So today we're going to talk about five myths about focus because people who don't know about focus sometimes are like, what, what is this crazy thing called focus? Or they think they know what focus is, but then you're like, ask a couple questions. You're like, I don't think you... So yeah. it's just good to talk about focus sometimes because it's uh, yeah, a big part of our show, a big part of our lives, and uh, get a chance to dispel some myths about yes. focus. That's a fun way to do this. We're the myth busters, the focus myth busters. That's right. All right. Well, do you want to kick us off with our first myth then, Kevin? Our first myth is that focus is a campus ministry program. Uh, Not true. Which sounds pretty straightforward. Well, don't you work on college campuses? Clearly, you do campus ministry. And the best way to to probably describe this is um, when we think about campus ministry, most people or most colleges have something called a Newman Center or maybe a Catholic Campus Center or whatever you want to call it. So it's, it's basically a campus parish, so to speak. And uh, focus missionaries always work with that uh, Newman Center. So we always receive the blessing of the bishop, and then we work with that Newman Center, Center, but we're different from that Newman Center. So the Newman Center is great. That's where students go for the sacraments. That's where they go for Mass on Sundays. Uh, that's where they uh, go to confession. All those great things that priests can do. The job of the focus missionaries is really to be that, not to do ministry like a priest does, but actually be missionaries on campus. So actually being the hands and feet that go out on campus to meet college students where they're at, and then to help them come to the Newman Center where they can then receive the sacrament. So it's kind of a one-two punch of ministry and missionary activity, but focus typically covers the missionary side. Exactly. Isn't there some kind of analogy you guys do use, like, you're the arms or something? Yeah, I said hands and feet, yeah. Oh, hands and feet, yeah. you did. I'm sorry, the fireworks are still going. <laughs> I wasn't listening very well. I so, think they're done now. Good, so a little bit more. <laughs> I I just want to let our audience know, I'm fully here. I'm concentrating 100% here. So a couple more things just about what Focus does, a couple paradigms that we often talk about. The first one's wind builds sin, because people want to know, like, what does focus do? So what do you do with the college students? Like hear about maybe a lot of vocations or like a lot of students involved. Like how do you actually, how does this all happen? So Winbuildson is all about winning college students over, usually through friendship and helping them understand uh, a little bit more about Jesus through relationship. Uh, build after hopefully you've won them over both through your relationship and to Jesus Christ. You want to build them up in the faith. You actually want to teach them how to live the faith, know a little bit more about the faith. And then send is our last component where actually after you built these students up, usually in small group Bible studies, we want to send them out. So we actually want to mentor them. We often call this discipleship where missionaries will disciple or student leaders uh, will disciple uh, students on campus to actually go out and evangelize their classmates, their friends, their their folks in their dorms, whatever it might be. And then the, the cycle starts again. Those people who are sent out then seek to win people over, build them up, and then send them out as well. And that's something we got to experience as students ourselves. That's right. Which is pretty cool. I was in a Bible study my freshman year, and my Bible study leader asked me into discipleship. Mm-hmm. And then for a semester, she... And I met one-on-one, and she kind of prepped me for leading a study. And then my sophomore year in the fall, I went out into the freshman dorms and uh, had a group of 10 girls who then uh, were in my Bible study. Mm -hmm. And then I invited girls from my study then to be discipled. So Jill, I always love talking about 
Jill because she's still a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, and so Jill, then I discipled Jill. And then the next year, Jill started leading a Bible study. And like that chain, it's pretty amazing because you can I, you can trace the lineage of my discipleship chain and you can yeah. find people in focus to this day who what we call like I'm like the great 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 which tells you how long we've been in focus yeah. great grandma of missionaries like today and it was all through the chain yeah just pretty amazing it is really amazing and it's probably I mean when we think about focus that's probably the most unique thing about it is this idea of discipleship and then what we call spiritual education so the other paradigm I want to mention was um, you know focus is focus really in a lot of ways is on three main things one that wind builds sin but more so uh, divine intimacy so helping people come to know our lord uh, authentic friendship so building them up in relationships and then using uh, relationships to reach out to other people and then finally spiritual multiplication which in reality is pretty simple it's i'm raising people up in the faith i'm mentoring them to do it for others so that they can then do that for others and so on down the line uh, like you're describing with with Jill and, and others that um, she touched and, and so on. So when we do this, we've just seen a huge multiplication effect on campus where instead of just, oh, we have four focused missionaries, no, all of a sudden we have 20 students on campus who are evangelizing. Okay, now we have 60, now we have 100, now we have 150. And just amazing to, to watch these students um, quickly develop in their faith and be leaders in their faith simply because that person has said, I'm just going to mentor I'm going to disciple just two or three people. And, and that power just is, is absolutely huge. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to say, too, uh, that word evangelize, I think, is scary to a lot of Catholics. And they think, like, well, why would you evangelize? Like, why would you? That just sounds so foreign to us. But when you're doing it, yes, you're evangelizing, but it doesn't feel weird or creepy or foreign. It's just natural relationships. Yep. <laughs> like, it's yep. not. I mean, we don't go out with, like, bullhorns and tell people they're going to hell. Like Jill mm-hmm. was a friend of mine who was a year younger than me in the dorm and I built up a friendship and relationship with her and invited her into a deeper relationship with Christ, which she was so grateful for and then wanted to turn around and do the same for others. Yep. So it wasn't like scary or creepy evangelization. It's just natural, intentional, um, intentionality with your friendship. So, yeah. Okay. So that was Myth number one, the focus is a campus ministry program. Myth number two, Lisa, do you want to share this with them? Yes. Myth number two is that you have to be single to apply to be a missionary. And this was actually a fact when we were students. Pretty much a fact. Yeah. There weren't really married, especially new missionaries. Yeah. Sometimes you had missionaries who married each other and then they continued on in focus as yeah, a family. Because you couldn't fire them for getting married. No, that wouldn't have been I think good. there's laws against that, I'm pretty yeah. sure. But really with our, when we came on staff, that's when they really started hiring f- families to be missionaries. And now it's super commonplace. There's tons of families. Tons of families, yeah. So when we joined on, I think there was, the year before us, there was one family who actually live up the street from us, the Bartex, and they were kind of the test. And then the next year, they hired on about five of us who mm-hmm. were married. So when we joined staff, we were already married for two years and already had a daughter, Mary Claire. She was 10 months at the time. And so it was kind of new territory for focus and kind of interesting. But at this point, I mean, you can't help but people getting married and falling in love. So they realized, well, we're going to have married staff regardless. So why don't we open up the application for 
those who are married as well. So, yeah. Oh, so it's kind of um, the people who who know us and know we're in focus. I always get the question of, so how long were you a missionary? <laughs> yep. I'm like, well, um, technically, technically, I was never a missionary. But we've been in it for 10 years now, and I always uh, associate myself as a missionary. Yep. Even though I wasn't ever on campus, per se, by myself. We always have done it together. But I very much feel like I am a focused missionary, yeah. even though not in the traditional sense that you might think of. Yeah, I think we always say we're a missionary family. And, and because when you go on mission, like you do with focus, it has to be your whole family. I mean, I think... Yeah. I've seen people kind of try to do it by themselves without, it just doesn't. It doesn't work, no. Because it's really, it's a it's a lifestyle and it's something that everybody's got to be on board with. And even as you have kids and they get older, for them to be on board and be like, yeah, actually, let's go to New South Training, you know? Um, and they make sacrifices and they help out with uh, fundraising, you know, and they just understand this is this is the pace of life. This is what we do as a family. And it's, uh, yeah, builds on, I think, a lot of pride yeah. in a family as well. It's not your typical nine to five. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. But it's pretty much what we've always done. So to yeah. us, it seems normal. Super, super normal to go down to Ave Maria, Florida for two weeks and live in dorms and eat from a cafeteria. Yeah. My, my thought as we're leaving is... It's such a, I mean, we, we're traveling, I don't know, two, 3,000 miles away from home. We're living in a dorm, mm-hmm. reading in a cafeteria. It felt like home, though. I felt like, oh, yeah, this is the way th- things are and should be and feels great. I don't know. It's just interesting, interesting. that that's, yeah. And we've been at that location for five years now. Yeah. So we ha- it's not the first time we've been there. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. We get more comfortable, I guess. Anyways... All right. Excellent. Well, I think it's time for a little hack and highlight break here, Kevin. Sounds great, Lisa. Yes. And I've got our hack and highlight today, which I'm excited about. First of all, our hack. Um, so if, you, if you're if you a faithful listener to the podcast or follow us on social media, you've seen, and I feel like I'm always <laughs> talking about it, but we just did, we mostly, okay, I, I'll take credit, um, did a whole house cleanup. Yeah, that was you. (laughs) That was real, real, a lot you. Yes. And uh, one of the things in cleaning up, and I mentioned this in, I think it's episode two or three, um, I interviewed a friend, Brooke of mine, and she does um, home organization things. Well, after the episode, she came and did our basement with me. And so I just finished and I'm, I'm super excited. But one thing I kept joking about is that every room we went through or every area we went through, I would always find holy things like holy metals, holy cards. So we gave one little um, hack idea for that in that episode. But I have another hack idea for what to do with specifically holy metals. Because I feel like we all as Catholics end up getting holy medals for various things and reasons. And one thing that we've done with our holy medals, a little Catholic hack here for you, is to turn them into wine charmers, which I think is so fun. I saw a friend do this probably like eight years ago. And I came home and I made my own little set. You're just basically taking hoops that you get, like at Michael's, their little craft hoops that you would see in the jewelry aisle. Mm-hmm. and you just put a holy metal on it and we have a whole set and so when people come over those are our wine charms is holy metals and then you're like oh don't forget i'm the saint anthony wait where's my glass oh yeah i'm saint joseph it's right over here yes yeah so if you've got extra holy metals laying around it's or- a great way to use them up 
Or even if you don't have them laying around, you can go out and get some. You can buy some. It's a fun gift. We've gifted this to people before. Just get a little drawstring, little baggy thing and mm-hmm. think about what are their favorite saints. Maybe you use their um, patron saints or whatever. Um, you know, if they're a teacher, then you get them a St. Thomas Aquinas or, you know, whatever relates to their life. Or if you went to Catholic school together, then you get the medal for that school that was whoever was named after. It's just a fun little little way to add your Catholic faith into your yeah. parties. That's great. Yeah. Good. Good so hack. That's our hack. Holy metal wine charmers. Super easy to do. And Lisa, what's our highlight? Our highlight is upcoming um, this weekend. Y'all can pray for me, please. I have my first uh, Stumil Youth Conference of the summer. Mm. I do. I am so blessed to get to be a part of the Steubenville teams. And so I've got my youth one this summer, but we thought, you know what? You might be thinking to yourself, if you're not a youth, Oh, it's so sad. I can't go to those anymore. So we want to make sure you know that you can because they have young adult conferences. And registration for that opens coming up here on July 11th. So you can sign up if you're in the Milwaukee, Atlanta, or Houston areas. July 11th, you can head there. We'll put a link in the show notes for the uh, how to register for the conferences. And I will be at the Milwaukee conference this year, which I'm excited about. I haven't done an encounter before, so this will be my first one. So if you're in the area, love to see you, meet you, um, and make sure to, to check those out. Another great way to just grow in your faith, um, this specifically for young adults. And there's not a whole lot for young adults in the church. I think we're getting better and growing more, but this is a great one right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Good, right. so that was our hack. That was our highlight. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to our myths. You ready for myth number three? Trace, let's do it. Our third myth is fundraising your salary, because this is something you have to do in focus, is whatever you would like to insert here as a negative word. Embarrassing, stupid, uncatholic, bad. Not fun. Not <laughs> desirable. And I want to say a couple things about this. The first one is, uh, I think when people hear, well, let's just describe what focus missionaries do. So basically, as a focus missionary, you're told, hey, in order to rate, you're going to fundraise your entire salary. So all of your cost of living, so your housing, your food, your health insurance, uh, your retirement that you might save for, all of the expenses, you need to fundraise that salary. And typically what's done is that you'll talk to your family, your friends, your neighbors, your acquaintances, people back home at your parish. You might give a parish talk and tell people you need support. You might talk to your local Knights of Columbus. And then these missionaries will follow up and have meetings with people, describe the mission, and then invite that person onto their what we call our support teams at a certain amount. And typically people give monthly uh, donations. We have monthly bills as missionaries, so they ask for monthly donations. And this allows that missionary to be funded so that they actually can do their mission on campus. So typically when this comes up, a lot of people think, okay, like, why do you do this again? Or, boy, that sounds really terrible. Or, again, whatever negative word you want to put in there. But in a lot of ways, it's modeled off of uh, St. Paul, who fundraised uh, for his missionary work. Some of his letters are actually written uh, to fundraise for what he's doing. Um, And also, even Jesus himself uh, was given funds uh, to do his missionary work. And so um, I think it's really natural that as as missionaries, we ask folks, and this is actually something we still do as a family as well, as being focused missionaries. We still have a support team. It is, um, yeah, huge for us. And I think, so it's kind of the, the theological explanation of why 
I think it's a, a good thing or it's not a uncatholic thing. As far as it being um, difficult, I would say yes. It, um, in some ways, fundraising is difficult, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And I think sometimes um, just because something's hard, that doesn't mean it's not good for us. Because I think what, what happens when you fundraise is basically you have to go to your family and friends and uh, other people that you might not even know of when you start this. And you have to say, I love Jesus and I love his church so much. I want to go out and tell other people about him. And it's a real moment of conversion for that person who's asking because you're really proclaiming the gospel to all these people that you want to live this radical lifestyle. And it forces those folks in your life who might know Jesus or might go to church or maybe were baptized at some point in time to actually wrestle with your conviction and your love of Jesus and the church. And then they actually have to wrestle with their own thoughts on that as well in a way that they maybe haven't done so ever in their entire life. And um, I think that's why it's just so fantastic um, because not only does it help that person make that statement for Jesus, but allows all those other folks to actually um, make a claim for, for Jesus in this church as well, um, e- either positively or negatively. Um, but a lot of times in, in giving, that person also becomes way more invested in the mission, way more invested in their faith, because so, they're so excited about you sharing yours as well. And having mission partners really is almost an extension of our mission itself. Yeah. It's been really amazing over the years. I mean, we have mission partners who have been with us since the beginning and have given to us monthly for over a decade, which is pretty amazing. And it's been really neat to get to know these people and Mm -hmm. to be able to pray for them and to send them. We send out um, newsletters and Christmas cards and to get Christmas cards from them and to really feel like these people... um, have really become friends in many ways and, yeah. and co-supporters or, you know, co-missionaries with us in a sense, um, in this work. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, early on it was hard in those first few years as we were laying foundations, but now 10 years in, I, I love this part of our mission Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad we still get to fundraise our salary and we get to really see, you know, and, you know, we'll say like, oh, God always provides. Well, for us, like we get to really see that. <laughs> like, yep. It's very abundantly apparent to us. God mm-hmm. provides because we rely on the support of others for the bulk of our income. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's for everyone because uh, missionary works not for everyone. But I do think that if you feel convicted about being a missionary, um, that this isn't something that should stop you because it does over time become something that's really fruitful and really beneficial and really amazing. And again, just cause it's hard doesn't mean it's not great. And I think that's what we've discovered. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing experience over time. So that was myth number three, the fundraising, your salary is whatever negative, negative word you'd like to put in there. Lisa, do you want to share myth number four? Myth number four. I love this myth. Um, well, I'll give it to you, then I'll tell you why. You have to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend if you join staff. Common myth. Because in focus, obviously not for those who are married, but for our first-year missionaries, part of their uh, mission that first year, part of what's asked of them is to take a dating fast. To fast from romantic relationships. That is the technical word, Yes. So for a whole year, they fast from any kind of dating, 
romantic relationship of any sort. And, and the reason I love this, and I know it's such a myth, is because if you search like Fellowship of Catholic University students, like the first thing that comes up after it is dating fast. <laughs> so people always want to know, what is this dating fast? What is this about? Do I have to do it? Um, so yes, the answer is yes, you do have to take the dating fast if you are single, as in you are not married or engaged. Um, but it doesn't require, just to debunk the myth, it doesn't require that you actually break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend if you're in a current relationship. And the way we word it is we ask our staff, our first year staff, to take a significant step back from their relationship. Not for the purpose of tearing you apart, but for the purpose of allowing that missionary's year, that first year, to really enter deeply into the missionary or into the mission. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be radically available and focused that first year. Because it can be really distracting, especially if there's distance for the first time uh, for couples. And and not everybody's going to agree with this, but 10 years of watching it, the fruit is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And one thing I get to do uh, as my one of my contributions I guess you could say to focus is each year I get to talk to the first year missionaries before they um, begin their fast and talk with them about you know what what is the goal of this fast what are you doing on this fast and how can you get the most out of it and there's always um, missionaries who give their testimonies before I give my talk it's between two talks um, on this and every time I'm always blown away with the missionaries reports of what the year was like And just how blessed it was, even for those who are in relationships and had to take a step back, they come back reporting it was the best thing for our relationship or our relationship broke up and I'm so grateful because I would have never or maybe would have taken much longer for me to recognize that it wasn't the right relationship had we not done the fast. Yeah, I think so often people, particularly in our culture, haven't actually stopped to understand the dynamics of love or understand the dynamics of vocation. And it allows a space, again, just like uh, you might think differently about food or you might think differently about prayer when you fast, right? Like, because you just have a different relationship and coming out of that, it helps you see the world differently. When you fast from romantic relationships, it gives you a whole new perspective on what am I called to and what does love look like? And just that moment, uh, and especially just as our missionaries pray for an hour every single day, all Focus missionaries, that's a part of uh, their mission is, is that time in prayer. You're really given some time to really think and really offer up this aspect of our of our lives to the Lord in a way that's really transformative. And um, yeah, constantly bring bears fruit. We, yeah, and, and focus, we're always testing things. Does this work? Is this good? And um, dating fast is something, but it's just, that, yeah. It's been there since the beginning. Yeah, it yeah. just is awesome. It's been, yep. Excellent. All right. Fifth myth. Kevin, go. Fifth myth. This one is that focus and its missionaries are perfect. Sometimes there's this thought, oh, well, you're in focus. So, like, you're a super Catholic, and therefore, like, you've got everything under control, and you're just this perfect, amazing person. But that isn't what... I'd say we're still people, we're still humans. And so with that, like there's still failings, there's weaknesses, there's sinfulness, uh, all the way from uh, missionaries in the field to folks at the headquarters. It's just a lot of humanity. And now we're at a point where we have 650 missionaries. 
which is a lot of missionaries. We have dozens of staff at our at our office. People have been in focus for a long period of, of time. And it's just amazing, yeah, uh, that experience of humanity uh, at times is some of the most beautiful. I mean, just leaving USAF training, just reflecting on how many amazing conversations we had with just amazing souls who just made make unbelievable sacrifices. But on the other end, they're just they're just still humans with flaws and warts and all, you know? Yeah, and I remember when I kind of first realized this, like, oh, focus isn't perfect. <laughs> it was almost like the, when you realize that your parents, like, don't know everything or, you know, aren't perfect and you're like, what? Yeah. No. How can that be? They pray a lot and they go to confession. Like, shouldn't this be utopia? Like, can't that exist? And I, I think at first it was a little bit of a shock and disappointment to me. But the more I thought about it, the more I was actually encouraged by the fact that God can take this group of broken people who aren't perfect and do amazing things. Mm-hmm. It's actually encouraging to think about and to recognize how much he can do with us in our brokenness and weakness and littleness. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's just an amazing, and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. I mean, that's a real sense when you're in a chapel with 650 missionaries at USAF training and you just look around and say, my gosh, what is, what is the Lord doing here? You know, the Holy Spirit is just moving and he just continues to call men and women to, to this mission and for them to take it up. And we talked about some of the, the myths here before and some of the hardships and for people to take these things on and to do it in, in stride. And again, some of the stories of, oh yeah, my parents just don't support me at all or X, Y, and Z, you know, and just the amazing sacrifices they had. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be, be a part of. Yes. And one thing I don't want to forget to mention, if this is of interest to you and you want to kind of hear some more inside thoughts on focus, in my nostalgia for our 10-year anniversary, I did a little blog series on 10 lessons from 10 years in focus. And I'll link to part one and two are up. I still need to write part three, but we got a little busy heading to new staff training. Mm-hmm. So it's still on my list. It, it, I've got a whole year, I feel like, to get part three out. because it's. These are not your wedding <laughs> thank yous. You don't get a whole year. <laughs> darn well it'll get there when it gets there we've been we've been busy so anyways just some more kind of thoughts on our experience with focus uh over these 10 years um just some lessons we've learned it's been a great blessing to us as a family so with that kevin will you share our how-to challenge yes our how-to challenge is to support a focus missionary so right now we have 240 first year missionaries they're all out right now going back to their their homes um, wherever that might be, and they're trying to fundraise their salary. They have till now, until mid-August, to get to a point where they can support themselves through a team of mission partners. And you might say to yourself, well, how could I support these missionaries? Well, first, obviously, they're, they're seeking out financial gifts, financial partners for people to come alongside them at monthly support. Um, that's a great thing that you can do. So if some a focused missionary calls you, pick up the phone, make it easy for them, call them back, whatever it might be, get in touch with them, respond. And I think even if you're not sure, can I do this or not? Or maybe I don't have any room for tithing, meet with that missionary, allow them the chance to talk with you. And, um, it's a good chance for you to really think to your own life. Can I do something? In addition to that, you know, just encouraging focused missionaries, whether it's just with prayers, um, maybe, you know, other people that could support them. Uh, maybe you can give something financially. All these things help support a missionary. And so, um, if you, if you know a focused missionary who just joined staff, reach out to them, even be proactive with them. That can be so encouraging. They hear so many, um, 
mess voicemail machines they hear sorry i'm not interested in your mission a lot of negativity if they can hear positive things which they do from time to time but the more they can hear that the the better i think it is yeah i think it's a great challenge just if you know someone who just joined staff call them don't wait for them to call you they might not call you they might not think to call you or they might be afraid to call you but if you call them and say hey i'd love to get coffee with you and hear about what you're doing with focus that's just such a gift and a blessing to them yeah and if you don't know a focus missionary um ask lisa and i we, we can so we can do something about that. We can figure something out. Yeah, maybe if you want to know what campus, like if you graduated from a campus that currently has focus, we can connect you with whoever's going to that campus. Yep. Um, or if there's a certain region or, you know, something that you've got a heart for and you specifically want to give in that certain area, we would be happy to hook you up. Yeah. So, yeah, just reach out to us on uh, social media or by email. Great. All right. Well, that is our episode on how to focus. I do want to mention one thing that we're excited about. We are um, in two episodes, which will be season two, episode 10. First time we've never done this, so I hope it works or else we might not have this episode. Who we'll knows? find out. <laughs> we're going to do a Q&A episode. How this works is we're just going to take questions from you all, from listeners, and answer them. So it's going to be pretty free form, um, just going through questions that we get and um, just excited and interested to hear what you guys might have questions about. So you can email us at hello at made to magnify.com, which is the same place you can email us your Catholic hacks, your how-to hacks if you have any, or you can send us a tweet. You can reach out to us um, on Instagram or Facebook, really anywhere you want to. MySpace. That's why I mostly... <laughs> you still you have a MySpace account? I never had one, but it's just a joke. I understand that. Um, so Google send Plus, us, whatever. Uh, yeah. Do we have that? Uh, so send us your questions. We will be happy to uh, answer them for you in our Season 2, Episode 10 episode coming up, a special Q&A episode for a little mid-season here. So thanks so much for joining us today, and be saints. It's worth it. 